It's the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin. Scott, what a weekend of fights that we had. Uh, let's start off with Doheny and Takahashi. This fight was actually not too bad, and Takahashi showed some heart. Yeah, it's just a shame he was technically so limited, but what heart, what bravery, what courage. Didn't stop coming forward, but completely outclassed. I think Doheny really is showing you know, his versatility. He's not just... Uh, a big lefty who who has a punch. He he might you know post some problems for the big contenders. Um, I, I believe they want him to to get him in with uh, Roman next. Is that correct? That's what Eddie Hearn has said. Um, it is worth noting, however, that Dehaney may need those big fights sooner rather than later. He's now thirty-two. He's no spring chicken. You know, he's only just sort of popped on the world scene. Takahashi. He of course. You know, it was unexpected for him to get this opportunity, but he took good advantage of it and pushed Doheny again. He was outclassed, but going to the 11th round, that's not bad at all. Uh, what's next for his career? It sounds like they're going to have a long rest and see what pops up. I wouldn't imagine he gets another shot in the future. It's, it's more likely that he's going to be competing at the Japanese domestic level or the regional scene like he has been in the past. It's such a tough division in Japan right now to make a mark, so he may struggle for another big fight for a while. It is really interesting why they picked him for Doheny's first defense, and all I could think of is just to give him kind of an easy one before he gets to the big boys. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. Um, from what I understand, it was on uh, Ryohai Takahashi's manager's blog that they'd been offered the fight in December when he was over there training with Masayuki Ito. So it could just be the fact that he's been able to travel over. He's been in the right place at the right time. This past weekend, probably the most talked about bout because, of course, it is with one of the greats, Manny Pacquiao, as he faced off against Adrian Broner. And this was, I wouldn't say a snooze fest, but Broner's style, usually this is how his recent fights have ended up. Just uh, he was in there to survive, not to win. Yeah, how disappointing can you be? Um, how can how disappointing can you be in Bruno? You know, he delivers all mouth, no trousers again. And then, and then also, not only to lose, but then to go up on the ropes, lift your arms up, you know, in the post-fight conference, say, "I won that fight." It's just how deluded the guy is, isn't it? He thinks he's Floyd Mayweather type talent, but I don't know where the delusion ends. And perhaps he needs to see a doctor. There's something certainly wrong with him. Well, he was such a interesting prospect. I mean, one of the quickest to have uh, four belts in four divisions. And you thought, okay, th- this might be the next American star. Yes, he's brash. Yes, he brags about money. But we like Floyd because of that. and Or some of us do. And that's the reason why we watch. And he's talented. It, it turns out he was not as talented as Floyd. Not as talented as he thinks. Um, there's something missing, isn't there? Fantastic talent, fantastic skill. Just no ambition, no drive, no desire. He's there for the paychecks. He's not there to win. And it makes some really poor fights. Now, Pacquiao, I, I, I wouldn't say he looked incredibly sharp in this fight, but he looked like a pretty darn good fighter for a 40-year-old man. That that was my takeaway, is, is him being 40 he is still competent at this level. 
Yeah, it's hard to say how competent his Bruno wasn't there to win, so it's hard to take too much about Pacquiao, but he was certainly there to make a fight of it. He did more than you'd expect of a four-year-old. It's just disappointing that there's PSV, this massive gulf between him and the likes of Thurman and Errol Spence and Terence Crawford, who have so much more energy in their legs at the moment. I, I just don't think Spence and Garcia, I mean, the winner of that, that's just not going to be a good idea. Um, Keith Thurman, I know he's coming off of an injury, so that might potentially help Pacquiao if he has a little bit of ring rust. And Thurman, of course, having a fight this week. Uh, we'll see how he looks there. But I would say probably the best bet for him is Floyd because Floyd's older and he's going to get the most money out of that fight. That certainly seems to be what the media is pushing, isn't it? Whether that be a great fight is a different question altogether, but it's, it's being pushed. I don't know if I would want to watch that again. I'd watch it. It's not often you see two legends in the ring together, but you wouldn't expect a classic brawl or anything. You'd probably see quite similar to what we saw the first time. Pacquiao just a touch too slow for Mayweather. Yep, I, I just think it might be time for... For Pac-Man to hang up the gloves, he's had a great career, and uh, to kind of ride off into the sunset, continue his political ventures, maybe he'll be president one day. Who knows? I mean, that would be amazing. Bet right in and get him punched in the head. A little bit. It just, and we see it time and time again where greats can't, you know, can't hang it up. You know, they come back, then they retire and they come back. And then later on, you really see the consequences. Yeah, there was a rumor that he detached a retina. So I think that's just a rumor that's now been put to bed. But there is always that risk of every fight, every fight going forward. I heard that rumor as well. And I think he might have scratched part of his cornea. Yeah, that seems to be the, the truth of it all now coming out. Speaking of fighters who get out early, though, uh, let's move over to Japan. Japanese fighters, for the most part, at least in recent history, have been pretty smart with getting out decently early. There are some great fights over the weekend in Japan. Shingo Wake uh, versus Nakajima 2. What did you think of this one? He got revenge. Uh, Wake, of course, got beat by Nakajima about six and a half years ago. It was his last loss to a Japanese fighter, and now he comes around and just stops Nakajima in six rounds. Looks sharp, looks ready for a bigger fight. We heard rumors that his next fight might be in February. Are those, is there any weight to the, those rumors? His team didn't mention it at all, so I suspect it's not happening. After the fight, he's talking about wanting to get close to a title fight, but no mention of Juarez. Yeah, I was, a, I was a little shocked when I saw that because one month, right, in February... I, he didn't take a lot of punishment against Nakajima, but that would not be easy to get back up and go out there in, in a month. Especially not against someone like Cesar Juarez, who is rumored to be fighting. That's a tough out, no matter who you are. Right, right. This isn't Tomato Can Alley, where you can you know, go and, and fight a bunch of bums each and every month. He would actually be going up against a contender. But he looked good, and you're right. He looked ready for a world title fight. If not February, then when would he be fighting next, and your assumptions on who? He's called out Tomoki Kamida, but that seems unlikely. It does seem more likely that it would be an eliminator of some sort, probably around spring. Um, 
the Japanese calendar is kind of empty at the moment, but it will be picking up around May when the Golden Week holiday is um, celebrated. So I'd expect a lot of Japanese fighters to be fighting around May. Why could be one of them? I'm looking forward to it. I, I would love to see him get another shot at the title. Of course, last time when he fought uh, Guzman, it, it was a tougher fight for him. But I think now he, he's almost even more seasoned and a better fighter. Yeah, yeah, he certainly looked it. Um, but he's also older. He's perhaps just the wrong side of 30 now. Perhaps sliding a little bit, as in terms of speed and stamina. But he looks sharp. He looks he looks fantastic in his last few fights. Someone who's not on the wrong side of 30, Rea Abe versus Sugita was another fight in Japan this past weekend. And Sugita, great amateur background. Felt a little bad for him because not only did he have to fight and kind of get beat up, but he also didn't get paid. It's a shame, isn't it? You get beat up by Abe's number four or number five with the IBF. He just schooled Sugita, bloodied his nose, dropped him twice, and poor Sugita didn't get paid uh, due to his job as a police officer. When boxing is truly your love and passion, you will still work a side job and then go in the ring and get beat up. I tip my cap to you, Mr. Sugita, not only for that, but also for being a police officer, because that's also a, that's a, a tougher job than being a boxer. Um, and the even more amazing thing about Sugita is he's only been professional for nine months. Yeah, incredible. And they put him in with a man who is, I wouldn't say world class, but he, he might be pretty darn close to world class. That's certainly on the fringes of it. And he's got wins over really good fighters like Satoshi Hosono who's a three-time world title challenger. He's on the sort of role that suggests a world title fight might not be too far away. He will however, be fighting for a Japanese title in May before then, so we'll see how he looks there. I love Ray Abe's style. It's fun to watch. Um, maybe, you know, he's not going right at people, but he he moves around, you know, he he sticks his head out. Is that style going to be successful if he does try and jump up to the world level? Probably not. I often think he's only fighting about 40% of what he's actually capable of. He's a strange one. He doesn't ever seem to go into one of the top gears. He just crosses his way through fights a lot and has the skill to do that at this level. Maybe against Tosono, that was the one time where we kind of saw him push it a little because he, he had to. Yeah, even then it was a old Hosono. Hosono stylistically was an easy match for Arbe. Hosono's always been slow on his feet. He's always been quite straightforward, straight line fighter. So it's hard to read too much into that. I think Hosono only fought like twice afterwards. He's sorry, he retired after that. So yeah, Hosono was pretty much an old man by then. And also a headbutt in that fight that probably helped Abe out a little. Uh, got kind of bloody and hard to see for Hosono. Yeah, yeah, it caused a technical decision. Um, Hosono was always what he was. He was always a very strong fighter, a very basic fighter, a very fun-to-watch fighter. And always ended up having head clashes with people like Chris John as well. Now, Abe, you mentioned it, Japanese Carnival, the featherweight title. It's going to be against Minamoto. Do you, you think this is going to be an easy fight, or is this a challenge for him? Minamoto 
at his best could be a challenge for Abe, but it's whether or not he fights to his best. Um, Minamata looked fantastic winning the title last year against Takanari Ohashi, but then he looked very bog standard against Tatsuya Otsuba in his first defense. So it's which Minamata turns up. You mentioned that Rey Abe usually is coasting through his fights. I want to see him be pushed. So it, it almost seems that if he gets by Minamoto, maybe has a couple more title defenses, that he has to go to the world level. You'd imagine so. You'd imagine that they have to put him in with a regional contender. Um, someone who perhaps is or is around world title class themselves. Perhaps someone like Hiroshigi Osawa or Sean Kubo. I don't see these other fights really being beneficial for his career when he's just marching around these guys around the ring, really using his footwork, incredible footwork for Abe, and uh, a great left as well. Yeah, his timing is fantastic. He must be a real nightmare to fight because of his movement. There was one other really good fight on that card. I don't know if you saw it with Kenshin Oshima and Ikuru Saratsuna. I was not able to, to catch that one, but I heard that was good, and that was with two younger fighters, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, they're both in their early 20s. It was fantastic from start to end. They're really well matched. It started as a chess match. Saratsuna eventually broke into a war, then Oshima pulled it back. Momentum swinging each way, fantastic. And that's the great thing about these cards. You come in and you're looking at Wake and Abe, and, and those are the two headliners. But then on, on the undercard, you probably had the best fight of the night. No, I don't. Well, yeah, easily the best fight, the most competitive. Even though the card had like three draws on it, it was a weird show. Yeah, we're going to have to, you and I, Scott, we're taking a trip to Japan for a, a couple of fights. We have, to, we have to get immersed in this. Thank you for the end of the year. Let's make a shot at some of those end of year shows. They're, oh, yeah. You know, Kenshiro, Kyoguchi, we're there. Rumor is Kenshiro will be back in action in May, but it's yet to be announced. So fingers crossed on that announcement shortly. Of course, another defense of his title. Who possibly against, or, or is that just uh, still a rumor? It's still a rumor. The rumor is that Fuji, Bok- uh, Fuji TV will be doing a double header in May like they did a couple of years ago. So fingers crossed they're going to stack both cards with a lot of talent by the sounds of it. And hopefully show him live. Can they do that? Fingers crossed. And the rumor is it's going to be him, Murata, uh, Akira Yagashi, and Satoshi Shimitsu all taking up the double weekend in the middle of May. Yeah, that's going to be a treat. And I also appreciate you posting to AsianBoxing.info his latest fight, which showed him in dominating form. Why Fuji waited so long? Can somebody at Fuji and TBS please start putting these shows on live? TBS didn't show Masahiro Sakamoto's fight with Maruti Mathlana until this Monday. That's the thing is, even if you're not going to show it, put it up the the night of or, you know, the next day. They literally waited a month. The fact that they're shown free on Chinese streaming services. Yes, and thankfully for myself back in the States, I'm always on AsianBoxing.info, so I was able to to find, you know, the fight at when you posted it. Uh, if, if not for you, Scott, I would be in the dark. Well, this would be. It's wonderful what we can do with a little bit of uh, video access, isn't it? We can get scouting on every fighter. Um, so many people asking about some of the fighters from this weekend. Yes, technology is incredible. Thank you, YouTube. 
And thank you to the people who, you know, get these videos out there. We live in an era that's easier for access than any other for boxing fans. We can complain about the quality of fights, but we have access like never before. And then you also have access to all the old fights, so you want to brush up on your history. And you have a nice Saturday afternoon to sit back, open up a bag of popcorn and uh, cherry Coke, and just watch a bunch of fights on your laptop or your television. That's, that's usually what I do. Can think of a better way to spend the weekend. <laughs> Well, this weekend, Houston, Texas is the site. Inoye versus Mungia. Oh, man. I, I just think this is Golden Boy saying, you know what? We're just going to get a an easier defense for Mungia. I'm not saying that Inoye is not game because he's really done everything on the Asian scene, but I, I just don't see this being very competitive. No. Um, most of 2018 was a waste for anywhere. He was supposed to be fighting... Julian Williams. That fight must have been negotiated and out negotiations and in negotiations and out negotiations for four or five months. Then Golden Boy calls off into his team and offers him this fight. And after having wasted most of last year, it's no one he's taken it. It's so tough for the guy. He looked tiny at the um, at the media events this week. He was absolutely dwarf by Munguia. Yeah, and not only does he have that lack of height but his style i think almost feeds into munguia's style because you know he's going to come straight forward and put his head down and that's kind of what munguia wants yeah and inu has not been blunt about this he told everyone his game plan when he's still in japan is literally pressure 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 so <laughs> not sure that's how you want to fight munguia but we'll see it's clear that he's gone over with the intention of winning, just perhaps not the right game plan. You never know, though. He, I mean, the one thing I have seen from Mungia is a lack of defense, and that, that might just be being young, and also because he could take a punch and he wants to get his in, but one punch can change things. It can. I'm just not sure if Inuit is the one plan. That... No, I, I agree. I agree. You, you never know. It could be Tsuoshi Hamada... When he was over Rene Arredondo, that that could maybe strike again, Scott. Fingers crossed. It'd be one of the biggest <laughs> upsets if it did. There was a lot of upsets last weekend, and I think this would be the one that probably takes the biscuit. It, it'd probably be more shocking than Jorge Linares going down. Even that. Yeah, Linares, wonderful fighter, incredibly gifted. We all know he can be taken out. And, and of course, Linares being from Tekken, you have to love him. I, I believe he speaks Japanese. He's basically a Japanese fighter. Yeah, taking a fight him throughout his career. He's fluent in Japanese, fluent in Spanish. I think he speaks some very basic English, I believe. Just such a fun fighter and probably gave pound for pound best in the world Vasily Lomachenko his toughest test. So it might be time, I, I believe, for Linares just to hang them up now. It doesn't sound like he's going to, but it'd probably be best for his health if not. Pick and choose your way to some decent payday's. Come back over to the UK. We live you over here, Helga. Either or, you know, in the UK or even going back and fighting in Japan, uh, it, it would be nice. I know I think he's going to move back to, to lightweight, though, so that might be the next plan. That certainly suits him a lot better. It'll, you know, help him out from being clouted around like Kano did. Kano's too, way too strong for him. Also on the Dazon card, 
Zhu versus Rojas, big Chinese fighter, Zhu. I I just don't I don't know. This is also a, a step up in class for him. Rojas fought a close one against Jojo Diaz. Of course, KO'd uh Marrero. Rojas versus Zhu. Who do you have? You could have Rojas. There's mm, there's no way I see Zhu winning. And I've been one of his biggest, you know, fans for a while. He's been on a fantastic run. But this is just too much of a step up. It's a good step up. You like to see him making it because he's done a lot on the domestic scene and even, you know, with the WBO Asian Pacific titles and whatnot. But Rojas is is a step above. Yeah, Rojas is genuine world class. Um, Zoo's best wins have been over the likes of Nell Marzamano and Hurricane Futa. Good fighters. Samano's a fantastic fighter in his prime, but. That's a massive leap up to Rojas, who's going to be too big, too strong, too powerful. The other issue Zhu has is that he, uh, let's just say, he doesn't live up to the monster tag that he's been given. He's had two knockout wins in his career. He's not going to get Rojas's respect at all. Odds on Inoye coming away with a victory. Slim. I'm still holding out hope. I still might put another grand just for fun. You better off going to the uh, Brooklyn card for you, Ben. Hey, you know what? When the odds are slim, yeah, yeah, there's nothing to lose. There's also no chance of winning. That's very true. Well, I, I, I'm still going to tune in. Usually the Mexican-Japanese wars are always fun. The Ring Magazine put out a good article on, gosh, I didn't know. It, it, oh, they're almost at 150 title fights between one another. That's incredible. Yeah, two of the biggest boxing countries out there. Um, they're up there with the US and UK as the best boxing countries of all time. Puerto Rico as well, of course. Yeah, I think those five right there, I, those are pretty solid countries that I will stick with for being uh, the best countries for boxing. Um, another fight was announced, and you'll have to remind me when this is, but King Tug. The silver medalist at the 2012 London Olympics back in action, taking on uh, Claudio Marrero. Yeah, it's this weekend as well. Oh my gosh, what a treat. It's, it's a packed weekend, isn't it? That's on Fox, and I don't know which one people will be tuning into, either this or the Dazon card. Oh, so that's going to be on the undercard of Thurman. Yes, yeah. Oh man, I don't know which one I'm going to tune into. I, I do have Dazon. And I have Fox, so... Something on the TV, something on the laptop. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. And some popcorn. And some beer. Oh, don't get me started, Scott. We're ready for a perfect weekend. What's your favorite beer, Scott? Oh, left there. Uh, it's a Belgian thing we get over here. Very strong. Wonderful stuff. Yourself? Very strong. <laughs> and yourself? Oh, man. I'm not the biggest beer drinker when I do have it. You know, it's, it's once in a while. Um, but I usually like to go with root beer. <laughs> the non-alcoholic version. Someone take away his man card. Yes, please. I, if you're listening out there, I am a root beer guy over beer. So um, the walk of shame is coming for me. Finally, one more um, note or big news, at least, out of Japan. Vic Saludar, who 
Gosh had a great fight against Yamanaka for the minimum weight title. He's going up against the lefty Tanaguchi. When is this fight going to be? Where is it going to be located? How can we watch it? And that's going to be at the Corican Hall on the 26th of February. Unfortunately, and we mentioned this earlier, it's not going to be shot live. TBS are going to be shot in Tipler, but no one knows when. So much hate for the lighter classes. So much hate for TBS. Uh, it's a fantastic <laughs> fight. Both guys can fight. Both guys can draw. Both guys can punch. It should be really fun. It should be the sort of fight that TBS are putting on a uh, on the afternoon, in the evening. It's on a weekday, so it's not up against the weekend sport or anything. And they they fight. need to embrace the light fighters because those are all the champs in Japan. And they're the ones that move through the weights, like Kaiguchi is and um, Taguchi, Tanaka, embrace them, and then when they move up, they've already got a bit of hype behind them. Especially when they're fun to watch, like these two are. Both guys fun to watch. Tanaguchi, you look at his record, two tough losses to Konishi and Kura. So he's raring and ready to go for for this title fight. I think he's been groomed very well. They they have not, you know, hit him away from tough competition. Now, the only thing that's been a problem is he fractured his thumb, I believe. So he's had time out the ring for that. Um, but yeah, him and Kayaguchi, 10 professional at the same time. They're both part on similar trajectories. They're sparring buddies. They're good friends. You'd imagine that if he wins, they'll be defending on a show together at some point. Ooh, that would be a great show. Yeah, it looks like the Watanabe gym just really are snapping up fantastic talent. On the same card in February, we also have Fumiya Fuse fighting. He's such a natural talent. He's just fantastic to watch. And Ginjiro Shigeyoka, who will be making his second uh, professional belt. The prodigy. He's back. The teenage wrecking ball. What a fight he's going to be. If people yeah. miss his debut, they really have missed out on something they need to catch up as soon as they can because he's fantastic. How far do you think he can go, and what weight class do you see him ending up in? Like, is he going to stay minimum weight, or do you see him moving up? He's 19 now, so there's very little chance of him staying at 105 pounds. It could be as high as bantamweight. Certainly, super flyweight's what his body's made for. He's still growing. He's very young, very powerful. He's been sparring with a lot of the bigger guys at the Watanabe gym, and they're all saying how strong Parkley is as well. Before we leave here on the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin, one more question for you, Scott. Any news on the Naoya Inoue front for when his next fight is going to be? I've been waiting with bated breath, and I've heard nothing. It's a frustration to get in now the Dewey BSS at the moment. It was originally rumored for March 2nd to suit the promoter of Emmanuel Rodriguez, and then it's been pushed back, and then there's been silence. It now sounds like it could be April or May. So the only thing we seem to know is it's almost certainly going to be in the U.S. now. Oh, well, that's good news. Yeah, uh, Inu's team has been wanting it in the U.S. Uh, Rodriguez's team is pushing for Puerto Rico, but it now looks almost certainly to be distance. I think that's good for him. It's going to expose him to more fight fans. Already being exposed on the cover of Ring Magazine was huge for him, but fighting here 
is even more important. I heard somewhere that he he said he wants to fight here at least once a year. Yeah, he's very vocal about wanting to fight stateside. I think he uh, he enjoyed his US debut, and if his opponent didn't, it's now probably going to be somewhere marked in the calendar, along with an end of year fight every year going forward. That's good. That means he wants to be great, and he has all the tools. We'll see how far he can go. I'm I'm just excited to see how how much more his career can expand because it's already been great, but he could really be all time great if he continues to dominate like he has been. Certainly, he's up there already with Hiroyuki Abihara and fighting Haradas to the greatest Japanese fighters of all time. And he's only been a professional for a few years. It's crazy. Yeah, he could pass both of those guys by moving up, winning some more titles, you know, becoming the first foreign division champ and, and even farther. I, I do believe he can even move farther than that. His father originally said he could move to featherweight somewhere down the line, so that make him a five-weight champion. His body's not that far physically off from the you know, super featherweight, so there's certainly a chance to to fill out and move up at least one, if not two, divisions. If he ends at super featherweight and, and could win a title there, I'm sure that would be challenging, but if he could, uh, that would make a stamp on a great career. And he already has had one, but uh, really exciting potential from the monster yeah, so many talented Japanese youngsters. He's the leader at the back, I guess, at the moment. And you got Kaiguchi, you got Tanaka, you got Kenshiro. Even in the amateurs, you got guys like Hayata Satsumi, who I believe you'll be hearing a lot about over the next five or six years. Japanese boxing continuing to rise, doesn't get much better. And the Asian Boxing Podcast will keep you updated on everything. Scott and Colin. We're going to talk to you next week, Scott. And uh, what, what, what do we have to look forward to maybe for next week's show? Next week's show will be the results from this week, obviously. Hopefully see either Zhu or Inua pick up a win. And then we've got a fantastic card in Japan uh, the weekend after. There's also Aston Palikta fighting next week in a world title eliminator. There's a lot of stuff coming up. And it sounds like there's going to be big announcements coming one way or another. I can't wait. It's AsianBoxing.info. It's been the Asian Boxing Podcast here with Scott and Colin. We appreciate all of you supporting us. Show's only going to get bigger and better. You want to stick around for that. Until then, we'll talk to you next week.